EWR Talk Network is not just another talk radio network. We are the champion for important causes and issues like financial literacy. That is why so many people listen to the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show. Lionel is a seasoned veteran in the finance industry, but more importantly, Lionel cares about people. He shares his vast knowledge of the finance world in a personal way that goes beyond dollars and cents with advice that makes sense. So let Lionel help you get your finances in order or avoid costly errors in judgment that may be devastating to you and your family. Listen to the Lionel Shipman Check Your Finances show every Tuesday exclusively on the CWR Talk Network at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Central. And hello and welcome to the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show here on the CWR Talk Network. And I am your host, Lionel Shipman. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. And a big, huge shout-out and a huge thank you to all my regular listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. And for all my new listeners, thank you so much for tuning in tonight. And hopefully you will become a regular listener going forward. And ultimately, we want to give thanks to God for another day to make a positive difference in the lives of others. Now, for all my new listeners, my radio show is a financial and life empowerment show focusing in on improving your financial outlook. But it doesn't stop there. I'm here to give you some life lessons. That means educating you in the other areas of life, mind, body, and spirit, to help you live life to the fullest. So in a nutshell, I'm here to help you. Well, uh, here we are in the uh, last Tuesday of the month of May. This is absolutely amazing that we're uh, here in the last week, and a lot has transpired. Uh, seems like week after week, uh, things uh, here in the world and in our country uh, ever changing. Uh, I want to take just a quick moment for uh, to recognize all of our frontline workers, all of those that are in health and medical care that are overseeing and taking care of those that are in the hospitals and for various uh, reasons. We want to make sure that we keep them uh, in our prayers. Uh, They're serving uh, our communities uh, like never before in lieu of the uh, pandemic that's going on. So keep them and keep their families in our prayers. Uh, We also want to keep those that have been directly affected by the coronavirus crisis uh, in our prayers. Those that have lost loved ones and friends, let us keep them in our prayers as well. And uh, as I mentioned several times since this pandemic has been going on, continue to wash those hands and use that hand sanitizer as we should. Make sure that we're following the CDC guidelines. Uh, I know that some people are having issues uh, with wearing a mask, uh, but I would encourage all of you, wear a mask if you're out in the midst of people, uh, not only to protect yourself, but also to protect uh, others as well. Uh, Sometimes, well, not sometimes, there are some people that are walking around asymptomatic, and they don't realize that they may be a carrier. So it's important that while you're in the midst of people, please wear a mask and ultimately 
keep yourself safe and keep your family safe. Make good choices and good decisions as, you know, as, you know, a lot of reopening is going on all across uh, here in our country. Uh, good, bad, or indifferent, uh, things are opening up, but it's still a choice how much uh, time that we want to be out in the community or out and about. So remember, regardless of who said to do what, you still have a choice in the matter of how you can keep you and your family safe. Well, tonight uh, is a fantastic subject uh, tonight. I have a guest here. I think the last time I did my show, uh, it was a solo show, but I have a great guest that we're going to be talking about a very important topic, uh, talking about end-of-life issues and life insurance. You know, most people don't want to talk about these topics, but it's vital to have uh, this type of discussion uh, so we can learn what to do and how to plan for end-of-life issues because death is a part of life. So it's just something that we have to have that conversation, uh, especially in this day and time. So stay tuned for that segment. If you had any questions and or comments, uh, you can call in to the show tonight at 917-889-8078. Again, if you had any questions or comments, you can call in at 917-889-8078. You can listen to all the past shows. If you haven't uh, listen to all the shows. You can listen to any of the shows on the CWR Talk Network, but in particular, you can listen to my shows on demand. That means that you can listen to my show anywhere uh, you want to in the world. Uh, we are on uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spreaker, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. So if you go to any of those platforms, Look up the CWR Talk Network and scroll to my show. Usually I start off with Shape Your Finances or something pertaining to finances. So I've kind of changed it up. Seems like every time I do an episode, I try to change it up. But here lately I've been using, so people can easily find my show, Shape Your Finances. So it's under the CWR Talk Network on any of those platforms. And you can also go to my website at shipmanconsulting.com. Click on the radio show banner, and it will take you over to a page that I've dedicated to the show. It has a gallery of all the past guests that I've had here on the show, as well as all of the different topics that uh, I have been able to address, uh, even on an individual basis. So I would encourage you to check out my website and so you can see the various guests uh, that we've had here on the show. Some fantastic guests, very um, inspirational, knowledgeable Uh, good-hearted people in various professions, uh, giving us great nuggets of information and life lessons to live by. So I would encourage you to check out my website. And like I said, while we got this time where everything hasn't reopened and a lot of us are still working from home, you can listen to any of my shows on demand now on those different platforms. So let's get started tonight. My guest uh, tonight is an experienced and knowledgeable financial professional. And she's a Delaware native, ready to work with you to ensure you and your family's financial future. She started her insurance and financial services career in 2000. In 2004, she left the industry to become a mortgage loan officer. After 10 years of working in the mortgage industry, 
she relocated to Tampa to start a new chapter in her life. The insurance and financial services was calling, and she decided to get her license here in Florida. After working for a few companies, in 2017, she made a decision to partner with a Fortune 100 company to start her own insurance and financial services company. She has been certified through NYLIC University to offer services including retirement planning, guaranteed income for retirement, life insurance, college funding, business planning, mortgage protection, long-term care insurance, estate planning, and leaving a legacy. Over the past six years, she has worked with more than 200 clients to help them grow, protect, and transfer multi-generational wealth and accomplish their financial goals. As a financial professional, her main goal is to help you make informed, excuse me, well-informed decisions on what types of Customized plans are right for you. She also emphasizes the need to meet quarterly, semi-annually, or annually to review your plans as your goals and needs change. She will always listen to your concerns, share all information about potential interests, including benefits and featured risks, treat your financial goals with the same care and interest that she devotes to her own. She looks forward to becoming your trusted advisor and expert resource as you build towards your financial goals and objectives. Let's welcome to the show tonight, Miss Carla Gibbs. How you doing, Carla? Hi, Lionel. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I'm doing fantastic. Uh, it's so neat to have you here on the show. I think as I mentioned to you before, uh, your first name, uh, you share the same first name as my one of my sisters. So uh, <laughs> we... We have, an yes. instant, hey, we have an instant bond. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm excited to be here. I'm, I'm excited that you um, thought it not robbery to ask me to be a part of this great movement and educating um, individuals about life insurance, the needs of it. I appreciate you so much. Oh, you're more than welcome, and I appreciate you for being here tonight. So we're going to take advantage of our time and see if we can – Give out some great nuggets of information uh, regarding this topic. You know, as we, yeah, as we talked in previous conversation, end-of-life issues can be very difficult and can feel very uncomfortable and uneasy because we're talking about death. Nobody wants to, yeah, nobody wants to talk about death or, or even deal with it, but it's inevitable. And yep. we know and understand, yeah, it's going to happen from time to time. And all of us are going to feel the effects of it, whether it's a family member, friend, coworker, church member, or any type of uh, associates that we may be close to. Uh, it's important that we plan for it the same way that we plan for other things in life. So uh, I guess with that being said, uh, Carla, what are your thoughts around uh, this topic? end-of-life issues, and why is it important that we have this discussion? Well, um, Martin Luther King once said that a true measure of a man is not how he behaves in moments of comfort and convenience, but how he stands at times of controversy controversy and challenges, right? So this is controversial. It's challenging because, as you first stated, most people think of life insurance and they, they think of death. 
And that's where the education part comes in. Um, a lot of times, you know, it's generational. Uh, I think for me, um, being raised by an older generation, I always, you know, knew about life insurance. It was always a discussion around the table, around the house, you know, and, and my grandparents always said it was no one's, you know, responsibility to um, take care of your family but yourself. So mm-hmm. you have to look at it in a sense that in this day and time, if families, businesses, or our institutions are to grow and to prosper and to help future generations, we must be people of character with the long-term view and look beyond the emotions of the moment and plan. Yeah, because yeah I agree. Because what you don't want happen is there's no plan in place, and then now you're scrambling, you know, um, and that and that's not a good feeling because not only are you dealing with the emotion of the mourning, the death of the individual, now you're trying to figure out how you're going to pay for it, you know, and I mean, if anyone's out there ever lost a loved one, you know that all your thoughts are not there, they're, they're not there, and as sad as it seems, there are two guarantees in life, and that's death and taxes. So, yes. you know, no one wants, wants to talk about either, <laughs> but we have to. <laughs> we right, have right. to. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those that where, you know, you, you talk about money, you know, you talk about death. Uh, these are like almost like taboo-type topics, but they're so vital in our lives. And I know being in the financial field now over 20 years, yeah, it's, it's much easier for me to talk about it, but I can recall when I first got married and when we started having children and, you know, we had life insurance policies, but then when my baby, our baby was first daughter was born, we got a policy on our daughter and that was, it was rather odd speaking to someone about, you know, having a life insurance policy uh, for my daughter. And I'm thinking she, she would never die. Why would we even, even think that way, you know, but it's a matter of planning just in case, you know, these things happen. And I think that's the biggest uh, point here is the planning piece. You know, it's, it's bound to happen in your family as we continue to live. And it's best that we plan. It's just like, if you know that you're going to go out for a day and there's a potential chance of of rain, it's best to take an umbrella with you just in case. Just in case, and and like you said, I mean, when you think about it in our culture, um, is to contemplate the death of one's child is almost unthinkable, right? Um, Because it's so difficult, but any loving parent would never want to think about trying to profit because, you know, you hear the myth of I don't want to to profit from the death of my child or loved one. It's, It's not that. Life insurance is really love insurance. It it, it, it it has a measure of showing how much you love that person, that you love them enough to protect them because basically life insurance is protection. You know, you have the ability to protect what you earn, what you own, what you owe, and those you love. So it's a, it's a magnificent, you know, piece out there that I think oftentimes, you know, people run away from it because there's not enough information that's being shared about the benefits of it. Because there are also living benefits to, you know, life insurance too. God forbid if you became critically ill, you know, boom, all of a sudden you have this access to this, this, you know, when you're not working, you have access 
to this money that can help you until your your end of days are here. You know, you can live more right. comfortably. You know. Right, 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 and that's something that you, it, it, like I said, it was a tough, uh, you know. And when we got our second child, you know, we I I'm even from my standpoint, you know, I'm the quote unquote I guess breadwinner in our family. Right. Uh, we're a dual dual income uh, household, but I have a policy on me, and you know, Lord forbid, Lord, I don't want to go right now. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> if something happened, <laughs> you know, we we had to have that conversation. So I, I we sat down and I said, if I pass, Lord forbid, I want to make sure that any and all debts are taken care of, and uh, my wife will have my wife and my kids will have enough. Uh, money that they can first of all have some peace of mind and have some security and they have time to mourn they have time to get their lives mentally and emotionally back in order and not have to worry about that financial aspect and and you're right I love how you phrase that life insurance is love insurance that I had to write that down that's that is absolutely true absolutely true (laughs) So, so I'm probably going to quote. Hey, I'm probably going to quote that. By the way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. fine. That's fine. That is fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because if you think about it, you know, you don't want to be. This is an unexpected um, thing that happens. We don't know one thing about it. We don't know the day or the time that mm-hmm. it's going to happen. We know it's going to happen. And if you're not prepared, you could severely drain your family's resources. What What is left in place? You know, you could even run into a situation if a breadwinner is not there where, um, you know, you can uproot the family where you're not, you know, with you having right. a wife and kids, they may not be able to live in that house that they right. they grew up in, you know, because that income is no longer there. So you can use it, you know, to supplement income. There's multiple things, college funding. There's multiple things that you can use life insurance for, but I don't think there's enough um, information out there you know, with there not being a lot, I mean, there's there's like 1.2 million agents and advisors nationwide, but, you know, some people have like their little thing that they like to do. A lot of people don't want to do stuff for, you know, they either come in this industry because of it's lucrative, they feel like it's lucrative, they've been told that it's lucrative, but I feel in my heart of hearts, in order to be a deal with people in life insurance and things, it's a very sensitive subject. So you have to have the heart of a social worker in order right. to be in the industry. You've got to always put your client's needs before your own because at the end of the day, you treat God's children right, he's going to treat you right. So it kind of reciprocates, you know. And, and God is of my business. You know, I always have that, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you're not supposed to, you know, have those types of conversations but let me tell you, when I'm sitting down in front of a, my clients, they can always tell that there's something different about me. Because they're always like, You're, you have such a beautiful smile. You have such a pleasant aura about yourself. And then I wear this bracelet that says I'm second. And that right there in itself is a conversation piece. And, and they're like, wow, I've never had anyone sit here and explain this to me on this level. It gives you a different perspective. And I said, yeah, that's because. I understand the importance of you knowing what you're purchasing. You know, benefits of why you getting this. Not that, you know, I have to pay this premium every month. I don't want you to look at it like it's a chore. 
I want you to right. realize that no matter what, this is a protection piece right here. You know, it's not a chore. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, with that said, then now some people uh, they may have trouble initiating that conversation. You know, with their spouse or with their family members or loved ones. How should people have that conversation? You know, can you kind of give give the listeners give us some tips or some suggestions? on how we can start that conversation? Absolutely, Lionel. I would say, first of all, lead by an example. You know, begin by talking about your own desires and preferences for the end of life. It may get uncomfortable, but, you know, ask questions like, um, I was wondering if you um, thought about these things. You know, what, what, are your, what are your thoughts on this? Do you have a sense of what you would like to do? Then it doesn't take it and, and put it all on them because you've initiated using your own self as an example, right? Mm-hmm. Or, okay. you know, use the news. You know, there's, there's different, you know, people in our community that have, you know, passed on and they've left, you know, significant amounts of money to their family so that they have, you know, they're able to continue on. You know, you can say something like, uh, I've read an interesting article or have you heard a po- podcast or saw a video about life insurance. It got me thinking about things for you and I. That kind of lets them know that you, you, you love them, you care for them, and that, you know, this is important to you. And if they love you, they're going to reciprocate. It may be an uncomfortable conversation, but it has to take place. Right. Or right. you can look at a situation where you can use a medical occasion. Um, someone in the family may have gotten sick. Um, normally what drives this is if someone in the, in, in the family or close family member or friend passes away and mm-hmm. you hear where that person didn't have any money and that the families are left scrambling trying to do GoFundMe. Let me tell you, GoFundMe is not life insurance. It is yeah. not life Say that again. See, you, you, you have to expand on that, Carla, because I've had, I've had a number of people that I've had a brief conversation around that. Actually, I have a, uh, uh, from my hometown up in Alabama, uh, I had a a pastor uh, that kind of pushed this topic here, that kind of, in having a conversation with him, it kind of moved me to have this show tonight because of some of the concerns that he was having, you know, from even from a church standpoint that, a lot of people are not preparing and it's causing a ripple effect, especially with coming to the church for financing or, or doing these other things. Can you kind of, do you have any personal stories that, that, that you can share with us of, of, of that happening? Yes. Um, I myself is a, I am a product, I consider myself a product of life insurance. And what I mean by that is um, I'm a product of legacy. Life insurance can be used as a legacy tool in the end of days. Um, I was raised, I come from four generations of teenage, teenage mothers, right? My, okay. my older two grandmothers were married, but they, in their time frame, it was, it was normal to be married in their teens, right? But okay. then my grandmother, my direct grandmother, she had my mother at 14 years old. And so... My mother had me at 16 years old. So at 16 years old, my mother gave birth to me, and then 17 months later, she gave birth to my brother. 
So here you are, have this young woman who is the only child. Um, I was raised by my grandmother until I was six years old. My grandmother died of cancer. My mom was the sole beneficiary of her life insurance policy. My mom was never really educated about life insurance. She knew that her mom had it, but she didn't know how to use it. Um, because she didn't have a relationship, a personal relationship with an agent. All she knows is that, and that's why I also say it's important to not just dial a 1-800 number and, and do an Insta quote or anything like that. Relationships are important in a time of mourning. You know, gotcha. you want to have support. So what happened was my family, um, my, my great-grandparents, convinced my mom to purchase land and to buy a house, because then now she's got a legacy that she can live to her, leave to her kids, right? Can mm-hmm. I tell you, at 23 years old, my mom was not ready for, for, with two kids for, to know the, the, that the importance of that her mom loved her enough as the only child to have life insurance. Within nine years, my mom's whole estate was wiped out. Wow. Within nine years of her mom passing. So now she's 32 years old with nothing, right? She lost the house. She lost the land. She's got two kids now that she can't leave anything to. So we had no legacy, right? Right. And that could have turned around to be so different. But my great-grandmother thought she always had insurance from us from from 15 days old, which is the, the soonest that you can get insurance on a child, 15 days old. She had insurance on every one of her grandkids, right, and great-grands, because I was her great-grand. So when I was 12 years old, after my grandmother died, I was six, I was shuffled around with different family members because my mom was very unstable. Um, Mm -hmm. I eventually landed back with my great-grandmother and my my great-grandfather, who continued to raise me, and she always had these conversations where, you know, every other Saturday the insurance man would come and knock on the door. And mm-hmm. at 12 years old, you know, he'd always come, like, during breakfast time. He'd sit down and have a cup of coffee and eat food. And I remember one time saying, Mom, why is he always coming here getting your money? You're on a fixed income. And, and <laughs> she looked at me and she said, Hush, girl. She, and, and, and I kept my mouth closed after she said hush because I come in the time where you respect your elders, oh, right? Yeah. That, oh, yeah. You, you got that look or you got that word, right, and you know to cut it, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Been there, hey, been there, raised just like that. <laughs> so um, she had this envelope, and it was her premium in it, and I would go get it. Every, every time he was there, I would go and get it. And so she made sure. As time progressed on, I started writing down how much the premiums were and giving them to him, right? Little did I know, Lionel, that she was setting me up. Mm. She was setting me up. We'd be around the house talking and stuff, and different ones would, would, you know, be would die, and, you know, they would have these dinners and stuff, and she was like, that's not going to happen to us. That's not, you don't have that to worry about. When the time mm. is right, I will let you see what's going on. So, lo and behold, um, my grandmother ended up getting dementia, and um, she ended up getting dementia and eventually had Alzheimer's. And I did not know 
that me being her great-granddaughter, there were individuals, she had five grown children, right? Five grown children that were like probably in their 50s and 60s. I was in my early 30s. My grandmother passed away from Alzheimer's on um, April the 17th of 2007. I got a phone call at 11 p.m. that night from one of my uncles that said, Carly, you just lost your grandmother. And at that point in time, I was hurt to my heart. But she had prepared me because what she had poured into me. The very next day, I took and drove two hours down to her agent, called him that night and told him that what had happened. He said, meet me at my office at 9 a.m. I went to this agent's office, and it wasn't him that I initially met that was in there when I was a little girl. That was it was his son, so he had passed his business down to his son. But they knew us, right? They knew our whole family. My grandmother had told me, "When I die, he's gonna take good care of you, or his son's gonna take good care of you." And when I tell you, that man walked me through everything in regards to my great grandma. I did not know that I was the executive of her estate. Wow. And you 33-year-old some exe- some executive privileges that most people feel like, "Oh, she don't know anything about that." But yeah, she had prepared me. We'd had these conversations. So see how that could have been very different. See how I oh. went without in regards to my mom because she didn't she lacked the education or the know-how. Right. But mm-hmm. around I was blessed by my great-grandma to be able for me to manage her estate, her and my grandfather's estate, because my grandfather passed away before she did, and now I've got these uncles that are in their, their you know, 50s, 60s, and 70s who, who are angry and, and asking me, well, what did you do to have her change you as, you know, the executor? I said, I, I never knew I was the executor. I would always thought that it was somebody else, but, see, she knew my heart, and she knew right. what she had put into me, Right. So it's it's so important to have that conversation because not only did we have that 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 situation where everything was paid, I didn't have to worry. Neither none of us had to worry about where the money was coming from because we were devastated. You know, right? We didn't mm-hmm. have to worry about where the money was coming from, how the arrangements. I mean, we didn't even know she had this stuff all laid out down to what type of flowers. You know. We had dual headstones because her and my grandfather were, were buried together. Um, we had two funerals. We had one in Delaware because she had been there for like 40-some years. But we had the second funeral in North Carolina where my family is from originally. And mm-hmm. there was no issues. There was no issues because it was well thought and well planned. See, and, and that's where I've, I've witnessed you know, some horrible outcomes uh, because of the lack of planning and putting things in place, which, you know, that's why this show tonight, this topic tonight is so important because I know, I know a number of people that do not have these things in place. If, if if tragedy happens, uh, there's no life insurance policy in place there are no end-of-life uh, discussion that was had on the front end. 
And then I'm quite sure that if something like this happened, they're going to have to go out and borrow money or have to do begging people through cash app or, or going to the church to try to get money from the church. It, it, it causes such a strain and, 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 and agony just to lose a family member. But when, yeah. when you haven't put the financial things in place, because bills have to be paid. You cannot just have, uh, you know, things just left to their own. You have to put things in place, and this is one way of making sure that you've planned on the front end so when it does happen, you got everything uh, worked out. So that, thank you for sharing that. That's, that's two good examples right there of the need to have this discussion, but also to put things into play. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. Now, now, what what are some challenges? Uh, I mean, we probably hit on some, but what are some challenges of not having an end of life plan in place? Okay. Just um, yeah. I would say um, some of the challenges is is basically some of the things that we've said. You know, if you look at a family, um, you could you could take two consider two families for instance. You know, one family has it, one family doesn't have it. Because, you know, someone didn't have any insurance, you know, um, if they didn't have insurance, the mom, you know, she she's not able to go back to work to cover or to, mm. to cover. She has to go back to work to cover the family expenses or whoever, you know, whether it's the mother or the father in some cases. And then, you know, um, you know, the house could be sold, you know, children got to move to change schools and they've already had their life disrupted by losing that family member, you know. And and, wow. and so that really is devastating to a child because you know there's so many ramifications that that, that go along with that. Um, not wow. and how you know they're going to make it and not knowing how to deal with the feelings and emotions that they're dealing that they're going through. You know the grieving yeah. process. A lot of times, as a mother or even as a father, if you lose a spouse and you have children. You don't want to see your kids don't you don't want your kids to see you grieving, you know. Right. I know for me in that situation with my grandmother, even though there were things that little intricate things that I needed to do, I they never saw me cry. I'm a, I'm gonna be honest with you. It was like I was Teflon. Um, my mm-hmm. grandmother was was gone for like 18 months before I really broke down and in reality kind of like hit me, you know. So, wow. you know, like there are some of the challenges not having it in place. Like I said, GoFundMe is not life insurance. You, a lot of times, you know, you, you're putting this GoFundMe stuff out here, you're leaving it the chance. You're leaving the chance. And, and what people don't realize is when you do a GoFundMe, you're not getting 100% of those proceeds. There's a certain percentage that they get for you from you even setting that up. And and. Yeah. and, and you're looking to you you're looking to you know raise three thousand dollars and they're taking seven or eight percent of that you're still short right that's that's a good point that's a very good point you're still short and a lot of people don't want to buy into goFundMe because they don't know necessarily that the money is going towards you what you're saying that it's going gonna go to you know right because Absolutely. one thing about death. Um, it brings out some ugliness in people, whether you want to believe it or not. The human side is, is every, every, we would like to think everyone is good, 
to some degree, but the ugly side will definitely come out. Yes, it will. I have seen it myself. Uh, just a quick, uh, Carl, oh, and I know you have, but I I, I want to put in a story uh, without calling names or, or whatever. <laughs> but yes, yes. I, I've, I, I mean, I've seen it down to the point where, I mean, there were a lack of funds to pay for the funeral and burial arrangement. And no, they finally they were able to rally family members to come up with enough money to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were issues because one wanted a limo and one did not want a limo. A limo. One wanted the high end casket, the one, another one wanted you know a fair price casket. And don't mention all of the assets that were left over, the house. You know, I've seen houses just ransacked trying to get all of the valuables out of the home. This is real. These things happen every day to families. And, uh, and like I said, a, a lot of it is due to the lack of planning, the lack of education, a lack of putting these things into play. If you do that, all of this will be eliminated, you know, it, it, that's why I'm so glad we have this conversation tonight, because Absolutely. somebody needs to hear this. We need to hear this. Absolutely. Because I, I even think about uh, with some of the churches, um, you know, one pastor that I was speaking with, because he was concerned because at one point there were like like back-to-back type of services, but the people were coming to the church to help fund uh, the funeral costs to offset some of the funeral costs, and that is not the function of the church to do that. Uh, uh, you know, we can't. Right, right. We cannot put the, our pastors or put our church leaders or our churches or any other organization. We can't put them on the line for our lack of planning for these things happening. Right. So, there should not be an expectation for that because you know um, my church back home. You know, you, for me, I I think people get it twisted. They look at churches and feel like, well, oh, this is a great big church. It's a mega church. They're making all this money and all these things. But what you don't realize is that individuals that are in the church, they're active. If you're an active member in a church and you die, that's different versus someone that's not active that only comes on Easter or Christmas. You know what I mean? It means that you spend your time your talent, and your treasure, right? right? That means you tithing. You tithing. That's right. And if you fall short, then that's different because you, you, you're you actively involved in that church. It shouldn't be the church's responsibility for, you know, John Doe over here who's out here in the street doing whatever and, and right. you know, and showing no regard to the, the, the house of God. Um, why yep. should he benefit from it, you know? Yeah. That's just me. That's my take on that, you know. Um, well, it's real. And and like I said, these things need to be talked about and need to be uh, dealt with uh, to put these put some measures in place. And that's why uh, with this being this topic, I mean, I can talk about budgeting all day long. I can talk about, you know, credit card use and credit history and things like that. But right. this is something that is part, it should be part of our overall financial planning is to put 
these things in place now. Like I said, death and taxes, you're right. Those are two <laughs> things that's going to be around. <laughs> you keep living, you're going to experience you're one or both of them. It's going to happen. From it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you can't escape it. So it's best to have these things in place. You know, I think about Carla. I lost my father uh, January last year. So it was January of 2019. Wow. And yeah, we had to have things in place ahead of time. And thankfully, we did have things in place ahead of time. And I've even told my wife, you know, and well, both my wife and I, we d- discussed. Even for us, you know, some certain things that we want to take place uh, mm. for us in the event that we pass. Now, mm-hmm. this might hit, hey, now this might affect some people. What what I'm about to say, but uh, I, I don't need an expensive funeral. Uh, right. I don't need I don't need the gold casket and and all of that. Uh, I say to each his own, but some of that is a waste of funds that could be used to offset the cost uh, that are going to be incurred upon that family. Absolutely. So, right, right. Absolutely. So, so, so look at, that's part of your planning. I don't have to go get a gold inscribed casket and all of that. No, just cremate me and put me in the ground honorably and let my family be able to survive and live comfortably and at peace especially from a financial standpoint, in my absence. That's the right. way I look at it when it comes right. to that. And it, I mean, and I, it, um, my father, I lost my father in 2016, and I couldn't wrap my head around the cremation thing, um, but that was something that he had wanted, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I get it. I, I truly get it. And yeah. And so – you know, um, the monies that's left from that, you know, you could definitely take that money to reinvest it, reinvest that money for longer, for longevity to set, you, mm-hmm. set yourself up. You could start establishing a legacy after death, you know, right. and that's a great thing to do. A lot of people don't think of that. They think about here and now. But I would say yep. that when situations like that happen, you know, don't be quick to go out and, and try to spend all the money because when you get large right. stuff, you know, if you can't, if you can't be blessed, if God can't, can't, you know, um, bless you with 10,000 and then he gives you a hundred thousand. If you don't know what to do with the 10, you surely not yep. going to know what to do with a hundred. Absolutely. I you know. Agree. Uh, you're right. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's not a lot if you think about it, but you know those are the type of measures that keep you in place, keep you on top of your things. You know, you know the fact that that you know this person is no longer here. It can't replace them, but right. what it does, it gives you um, somewhat of a peace of mind where you're not concerned about struggling. You know, right. um, I agree. Because you know. The struggle is real when, 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 you know, people talk about the love of money is the root of all evil, or money is evil. No, it's not. Money can allow you a lot of things. Right. And it's the planning and usage of it that can be evil. Because right. you got Absolutely. a good heart and a good mindset, right? And, and that comes from aligning yourself with positive people, people that are willing to pour into you, like, you know, 
and and you got to be willing to be open about these things and not thinking it's taboo because, like, you know, there's lots of myths in our community that, you know, if you buy life insurance, then something will happen to you. No. Right. No, that's, yep. That's, you know, that's ridiculous. That's, that's ridiculous. That's, that's, that's ignorant. That's and I'm not calling everybody ignorant, but I'm just saying the whole concept of that is ignorance, which is basically a lack of knowledge, a lack of education. That's why I'm I'm all about education. I'm all about educating my listeners, and that's one piece right there. That is not taboo. You're not going to be cursed if you talk about life insurance with your loved ones. So (laughs) get these things in place. Definitely get in place. yeah. So, so tell us, Carla, how what does uh, end of life planning consist of? You know, what does it take to put things into play? If I can ask that question. Well, I would say, um, like, gather the important documents. First of all, have a conversation. Acknowledge that you definitely want to know, like, where things are. You know, I was to have a centralized location. Like me, I had this portfolio myself. Um, and then mm-hmm. it's my it's my safety deposit box, right? The portfolio mm-hmm. where I have all of my important documents, estate information, business information, contact, passwords, um, you know, basically a will. Yes. You need a will. You you need to you you know you need like. You know, if you have, before you die or or if there's a situation where you're in a hospital, you need to make sure you have, you know, um, something that's stating whether or not you want to be resuscitated. Like, all this stuff has to be documented because then the more you document, the more you have, you don't have to be concerned about how, when that transition comes over, you know, it has to be. You know, you need to know who your beneficiaries are. You need to make sure the information is 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 listed. You know, that's why I say, you know, um, you, it's always good to have those policy reviews to keep that stuff yes. current. Because yes. there's, I've run last year, I delivered five death claims, five wow. death claims, and they say you're not a real agent or advisor until you deliver a death claim. And I must wow. tell you, my policyholders, even though a couple of these were individuals that I inherited, you know, as, as policyholders, they, they, you know, their their agents were no longer, you know, with them or whatever, they became mm-hmm. family for me, yeah. you know, my extension of family. You may have bought that product, but you, you, you're part of my extended family now, right? Mm-hmm. And... and be surprised. I, this one lady, I was so heartbroken. Um, she was his second wife, and she knew he had a policy, right? So <clears throat> she called the 800 number in which, because of the zip code that she was closest to, I automatically got assigned to her. I went and met with this lady, and she had all the documents in place, right? She she had the, the policy the brief, she had original documents and everything. But what she didn't have was beneficiary information. So what I mm. did was I called in to ask for information and put her on speakerphone and for them to tell her that they couldn't share any information with her. 
she was upset, like, you know, I just lost my husband. We got this policy. You know, we have a child together. We have this house. You know, what am I supposed to do? We got funeral expenses and all this stuff. And lo and behold, I had to leave that lady's house not being able to help her at that particular time. Lo, when I got in the car, I called the number back to find out why I was not able to help her. I was not able to help this lady because his first wife was listed as the beneficiary. Wow. And he had divorced from this lady seven years. Whoa. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? So it can get sticky. It can get ugly. If those documents, if those, those, you know, those documents, like even with uh, making sure that not just beneficiary information, but making sure that the, the, the estate, you know, that mm-hmm. whoever is supposed to be the executor of the estate, making sure that stuff is current and updated and that you have the proper, you know, documentation in, set in place for that, that it can't be challenged, you know, because you get some right. that feel like, you know, like I said, when, when someone de- dies, land and money draws them wild, you know. It brings out yes. the, the beast in them. <laughs> you yes, know, it brings I... out the beast in them. It, it you know, what, what's in the heart flows out of the mouth, you know, and and you can hear some ugly things as a result of, of proper planning not being in place, you know. Yeah. I I have I have seen, heard uh many stories. Uh when it comes to money. Money will make people do a lot of things. I mean yeah. uh I I even in my uh book uh, that I had published at the beginning of the year, I talked about some of the things that uh some of the activities and behaviors of people regarding money. Money will cause you to do a lot of things it's, we that's why it's so it's so important that we have the mindset and the attitude to manage and control money and don't allow it to control us yes uh, i agree amen to that yeah yeah and it's so key and what you're saying here you know especially you know with making sure that we get all of our important documents in place in a central location, all the passwords, get a wheel in place that will kind of outline where things and the assets need to be, all the beneficiary, power of attorney uh, in place, estate Mm -hmm. planning, all these things I'm hearing because I'm here taking notes. All these things are part of what we call the end-of-life planning. So uh, hopefully everybody that's listening uh, these are some things that we all need to have in place. If you don't have it in place, you need to start tomorrow. After hearing this, hearing this uh, uh, segment tonight, start tomorrow. Get with a, a, a financial person and get these things in place. Well, first of all, have that conversation with your spouse, with your family, with your loved ones, and start getting these things in place so when or if things happen, you will have things in place, and then everything will flow a whole lot smoother at that point. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. The key is the sound planning is based on each person's individual situation. It's not 
one size fit all. So you got you have to make sure that it's it's customized to what's going on in in you know, and it may need to be tweaked or adjusted as time progresses on. You know, what you have set in place in your forties may not be what you have set in place in your seventies. So, you know. Now you're right about that. We've we've had to make some change. I, mean, I have. Both my girls now, they're, my oldest is a freshman in college, and my youngest, she just graduated high school, getting ready to go into college. And we had to make some financial changes because they're getting older now. You know, oh, some, some, yeah, yeah, some information that, you know, we had to, because they're older and they're mature enough now, we're, we're able to kind of disclose some things to them and make some adjustments here and there along the way. You're absolutely right. You have to. You're going to make those changes along the way. Wow, this this is this is a great great topic, great conversation here, Carla. Yes, it is, and and I was a little nervous coming in. I said, "Oh my goodness." No, no, no. Hey, it's, I appreciate. It. Like I said, this has been a long time coming here uh, to have this uh, this topic, especially this detailed uh, with true stories, because I'm quite sure there are plenty other stories out there. Good, bad, and ugly. I mean, there are some great outcomes, and unfortunately, mm-hmm. there are some bad outcomes. I mean, this has this has caused some families to completely divide. I mean, oh. there are a lot of hard, hardships even to this day uh, between yeah. families because of you know this happened and this happened, all based upon somebody dying in the family and things were not put into place, and this has caused such a division. Yep. When it was truly, truly unnecessary. It truly was. It truly was. I mean, a lot of wasted time, a wasted energy on, you know, things, things that are, are replaceable. You know, money is replaceable. Property is replaceable. You know, those things, they don't, you know, love is more important than all of that. You know, love covers a multitude of sin. So, yes. you know. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, okay, well, as, we, as we're coming down to the close of this segment, uh, you know, right now we're in the COVID-19 days, as I like to refer to it, and mm-hmm. it's, it's so important that we keep our financial houses in order, and as we're closing, if you can uh, maybe give us uh, one, two, three tips or something like that, can, can you give us maybe some closing tips or some closing suggestions or advice of some things that we could be doing uh, during this time to help maintain a good financial position? I know that we're talking about insurance or whatever, but just overall uh, from a financial perspective, can you kind of mm-hmm. give us some tips or suggestions that, that, that will kind of close us out of this segment? I would say first and foremost, figure out what's essential. Because in this time where it's uncertainty, not knowing, you know, if you're going to have a job or what have you, I would make sure that there's budgets. There's like emergency budget set in place. There should also be some emergency funding that you have, you know, you, you, you can um, have access to. Um, very, very key for that to take place because, you know, we don't know from day to day. We don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. But I firmly believe that, you know, you should remain positive. Um, don't, get hard, don't get down on yourself. You know, you're human. Allow yourself to feel what you feel. No one, this, is, this is an unfortunate time in our, in our, in our um, 
society where we're all going through the exact same thing at the exact same time. This is history in the making. I don't know many people that are alive that's actually gone through this this entire situation, you know. Um, right. So, so I would say, you know, just maintain a positive mindset. Don't overspend during this time because, you know, a lot of people got their stimulus check and it's gone or, yes. and, and didn't know what to do with it, you know. And and you, you they really need it for the rainy day fund, to be honest with you. Right. I agree. Uh, they should have kept it and, and, and just, you know, just kept it there for, for you know, for whatever may come in the future because we we don't know how long this thing is going to be around. We don't know, you know, what it's right. going to do. Um, I would say make sure that, you know, um, you have access to your policies. If, if you lose your job, see if you have any cash value available to your for your, your policies and stuff. You know, it's, it's there to help you out. You, that's why you got these, you know, per, these permanent policies that, that can help you, you know, when you're in a time crunch or when you're in a financial crunch. Um right. You know, those are just some of the things that I can think of. Um, okay. You know, don't, don't get above yourself in regards to what you feel like you should be doing, or because we can't control this. Control what you right. control. You know, ask God to give you the serenity to change the things that you can and accept the things that you can't. And I think that's half of the battle right there. I agree. I agree totally. Well, thank you for that. That's a great uh, closing there. Uh, some good tips. Good advice. Uh, what we can do during these COVID-19 days. Now, Carla, if you can please share with us, uh, you may have some listeners that uh, would like to reach out to you, how best to contact you, uh, to uh, speak with you. Um, also, too, if you have, like, any upcoming events or any webinars that you would like to share with us tonight, please do so at this time. Okay. I can be reached um, via myself at um, 813-546-6991. Again, that number is 813-546-6991. Or I can be reached via my email, clgibbs at ft.newyorklife.com. Again, that is clgibbs at ft dot newyorklife.com I don't have any upcoming events I just had an event last week um, it was um, seven things women need to know in a financial crisis and it was awesome it, it was sponsored by the Center for Women um, here in Tampa um, I am in the process of planning some things um, nothing set or certain as of yet but I would definitely keep you abreast and posted on anything that, you know, I definitely have coming up that's going to be solid. Um, right now, everything okay. is preliminary stuff that I've been asked to do. Um, right. It's been kind of, you know, challenging to some degree, um, switching to do the Zoom and the radio and all these different things. And, oh, and yeah. um, you know, I, I'm used to being in that room and seeing people and feeling their energy and, seeing the smiles and, you know, <laughs> shaking yes, the hands. I, 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 I'm, you know, a little out of my sorts at times with, with that being a people person, you know. I'm, I love hugging on and loving on people, you know, giving them that good energy. 
and it's yeah. not always con- good. It's not always. I'm not always able to convey that through you know the Zoom or the Skype or the telephone conversations and everything. But hopefully, I did a great job in in getting the point across, and that you know they can feel how sincere, authentic, and genuine I am, and my passion for what it is that I do. You know. Absolutely, I can speak for you. So I I, I more than appreciate uh, uh, you, Carla, for joining tonight. But uh, we've had a chance to talk even offline. So I know the uh, uh, your genuineness, your authentic uh, uh, mindset, attitude. Uh, you know, I I always do my homework before I meet anyone, especially in this day and time. And, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I'm just glad that we were able to, you know, connect. We were able to have, you know, we've had two or three conversations even before uh, this show tonight. And I'm so glad that you were able to share uh, some wisdom, some knowledge, some insight of what we need to do and how the topic is so vitally important and the discussion must take place for families uh, going forward. So I, I thank you so much for being here, a guest here on the show tonight. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, you're more than welcome. And, uh, you know, I, I, I will be in touch because I'm quite sure that uh, this part is not over. There's more to talk about. When we <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, yeah. then, well, you be safe, be well, and oh. be blessed. Okay, you too, you too. All right, then, everyone, that's a wrap for tonight. Thank you for tuning into the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show. You can catch my show every Tuesday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And if you haven't touched base with me yet, uh, you can catch me on social media. I am on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. But you can also contact me via my website at shipmanconsulting.com. Again, that's shipmanconsulting.com. And I almost forgot to mention uh, my new book, Money Responsibly. You can get a copy uh, of my new book, finance book that I wrote, had it published back in January. You can get it on Amazon or you can go to my website and request an autographed copy. Uh, Same cost. There's no additional cost for the autographed copy. But uh, if you submit a request there on my website, click on the Contact Us page requesting that you would like to have an autographed copy. We will send you instructions of how to get a copy in your hand. And as we close out every week, I want you to remember these words regarding your money and your life. Give cheerfully, spend carefully, and invest wisely. We will talk with you another time. Take care, everyone. Be safe. Keep washing those hands, using that hand sanitizer. And make sure to wear your mask if you're in the midst of people. Take care, everyone. Talk to you soon. This is a little bit of Marion Meadows. Always have to close out with a little bit of smooth jazz music. Take care, everyone.